When it comes to selection of counsel tussles on liability claims with commercial accounts, try using the carrot more than the stick. Hi, this is Kevin Quinley of Quinley Risk Associates. Welcome to the Claims Coach Podcast. This is the podcast delivering tips, tools, and techniques to help great claim and risk professionals get even better at managing their claims, their time, their resources, and their careers. The past couple of episodes, we've talked about different dimensions of disagreements between claim professionals and commercial accounts or their brokers over selection of counsel, staying on panel or going off panel. These are typically on liability claims. The point of this podcast is to suggest that you you emphasize the carrot not the stick. What do I mean by this? I mean explain to the policyholder the benefits of them using panel counsel. The sad but true reality is that a lot of commercial accounts and insurance brokers view the term panel counsel in a negative pejorative way. The claim professionals challenge here, I'll just call us all adjusters regardless of what our job titles are, as adjusters, our challenge here is to minimize and head off friction and to explain to policyholders and their brokers why it's in their interest to use panel counsel as one of the benefits of their insurance policy. So how do you go about doing this? What are some of the talking points that you can use? Well, number one, you can emphasize the vetting process that the insurance company has used in selecting panel counsel. Now, this presumes that there is a due diligence vetting process for selecting those counsel, and that's a best practice. And ideally, this should be done on the basis of counsel's expertise and experience in doing insurance defense work. Ideally, the insurer or its claim staff have stocked panel counsel with attorneys who have specialization in insurance defense work. This is their bread and butter. So emphasize the process. Number two, emphasize the fact that panel counsel are subject to certain quality standards that benefit the policyholder, not just the insurance company. For example, panel counsel might be required to copy the policyholder in on all relevant reports and status updates about the case. That's a benefit. Panel counsel may be required to communicate with the policyholder, although that should be something that the attorney would do anyway, even in the absence of written guidelines from the carrier. Practice tip. Include in your written litigation guidelines for panel counsel communication requirements between counsel and the policyholder. This is a guardrail just to make sure that they're kept in the loop. Number three, stress the fact that certain Financial economies flow both to the insurance company and the policyholder by having negotiated favorable hourly rates. You know, insurance companies are large buyers of legal services. They wield greater bargaining power and leverage in the marketplace, more than the average policyholder. The average insured may have just a few claims a year, if that. The average insurance company can have thousands or tens of thousands of claims a year. So the insurance companies can leverage that buying power 
to achieve rational concessions, reasonable concessions from outside law firms regarding cost, service, budgeting practices, etc. So why does that matter to policyholders? Well, more cost-efficient management of legal spend not only benefits the insurance company, but it also benefits the policyholder because dollars spent for legal defense factor into an account's loss ratio. The higher the loss ratio, the more costly a renewal quote may be. In fact, the higher the loss ratio, the greater the odds of non-renewal, and conversely, a lower loss ratio positions a commercial account as a favorable piece of business, lending more leverage for them and their broker for premium and other concessions. So the lower the loss ratio, the more likely that an account and its broker may have multiple competing offers for coverage amongst an array of insurance companies. And that's an ideal situation for them. So bottom line, take on this myth that insurance companies pick panel counsel based upon some kind of gasoline price war race to the bottom in terms of the lowest hourly fee. Now, hourly fee, hourly rate may factor into that, but it should not be and typically is not the driving consideration. Sell the advantages of using panel counsel to the insured and don't lead with cost savings, but certainly include it in the mix. Yes, I know as a last ditch line of defense, you can quote the policy language and tell the insured that in the absence of any reservation of rights, in the absence of any conflict of interest, in the absence of any coverage issue, the insurance carrier has the right, typically, to select counsel. But you don't want to, if you, you want to avoid having to force feed that down their throats. You want to avoid a situation where they feel that they have had counsel that they don't want forced down their throats. That can cause a whole stream of, of downstream consequences, especially if the case turns sour, especially if the case results in an adverse outcome. They will be loaded for bear in claiming that it happened because the insurance company negligently appointed incompetent or careless counsel to represent their interests over their objection. So you want to avoid that situation. So use the carrot more than the stick. Reserve the stick as a last-ditch option. Hey, if you like the content here, please, please subscribe to the Claims Coach Podcast on iTunes and leave a review. And for more information on Quinley Risk Associates and my menu of services, visit me on the web at www.claimscoach.com or connect with me on Twitter at claimscoach. That's one word, claimscoach. I'm also on LinkedIn. So thank you for listening. And be sure to check back for future claims and risk management resources from Quinley Risk Associates.